Kitchen Radio, each Friday at 5pm. Good evening. Welcome to Kitchen Radio on ACCC 102.1 FM here in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek. That opening song was Location by Khalid. And there's a reason why I've chosen this song and that will be revealed very soon. I would like to welcome my guest tonight who's Laurie May who's been on the show quite a few times. Always a fantastic time here on Kitchen Radio. Welcome Laurie May. Oh, thanks for having me, Rita. Always lovely to be back here talking about food. My favourite thing to talk mine, about. Mine, mine too. Yeah. Before we sort of head off into today's show, I did an interview with Laurie May five days ago about something that she's just done in the last five days. So we're going to have a listen to how you felt. Um, or I suppose you've been on a, a diet for particular diet for five days mm. um, and we're going to have a listen to how Laurie May thought she was going to go and then we're going to talk to her today and I don't remember what how I said. it went. I'm scared. Oh wow, what <laughs> did you say? Let's find out. At the beginning of your five-day Lakhavarian challenge and we've decided we're okay with the word challenge. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're going to call it a challenge. It's challenging getting all the food. <laughs> um, I'm going to only eat uh, local food, and when I say local food, I mean food that is grown, um, sourced, harvested, farmed, or found locally, uh, and that includes er- like everything that I'm going to consume from for the five days, from Monday to Friday. And so, like, locally <coughs> is how do you define local? Well, I'm going with Central Desert region, so Central Desert region. Uh, so anything that's from an arid, from the arid zone. Um, and has a minimal carbon footprint to get here or to be here. So nothing that's necessarily had to travel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, so, the, you know, for example, the salt is going to be salt bush mm-hmm. uh, pepper. I've got pink peppercorns from Northside. Uh, you know, I've got cucumbers that I've grown myself. I've got bush bananas a friend dropped off. So it's, it's either, yeah, I've either grown it or I've found it or someone else has grown it locally. And, and it's a mix, it's a really nice mix of um, bush foods um, and uh, farmed grown foods in backyards and it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a beautiful array here we've got. Um, so how are you feeling about the challenge? What do you think the, some of the biggest challenges within the challenge you're going to have? I think I'm probably going to really struggle without the carbohydrates. Like I think, I mean I don't eat wheat I'm celiac anyway so I don't eat gluten but I do like gluten-free bread and I do like uh you know soy milk sometimes or a bit of almond milk so things that I don't eat a lot of but I think you're going to notice when you can't eat Uh, do you normally drink coffee I drink black coffee yep and I am going to admit right now I'm not giving up black coffee for okay. the challenge it is coffee sourced from do you so it's locally roasted <laughs> but the beans are not um and it's black coffee no sugar and that's the only one vice that i'm allowing myself this week okay. that's not a hundred percent local and that's mainly because i'll get headaches and you know i might die without the coffee and how do you think you're going to feel at the end of five days i'm concerned if i don't have enough protein and carbs i'm going to be really flat and tired that's my, my thing. I'm going to get to Friday night and just kind of baby collapse. And are you going to go to work every day this week as well? 
Uh, yep, yep. Okay. On uh, going to work uh, by pedal power or foot power. Right. So you're not amending <clears throat> your lifestyle for this week. No, no. I mean, I think it would be easier. Oh, I don't know. Maybe be easier on the weekend because you can sort of spend more time cooking. So I feel like I'm going to have, you know, kale and eggs for breakfast every day, salads for lunches, mm -hmm. uh, and then see what I can do for dinners um, at night. Um, right. Yeah, lunches I think are going to be the hard one. I eat a lot of rice mm -hmm. um, and quinoa, so I think having not having rice on the daily is going to be really difficult. Okay, so today's Sunday. Um, let's see how you go and let's check in um, in five days' time and good luck. Thank you. I can't wait. Okay, oh, wow. so that's five days' time. <laughs> how did you feel listening to yourself five days ago? So naive. <laughs> <laughs> naive, Laurie, was naive. Um, yeah, Wow. <laughs> So how accurate were you? Like you said that you thought the biggest thing would be no carbs. Yeah, that's really interesting because I obviously went into ketosis. Mm -hmm. um, like what day? Like which day? How soon? Uh, day one. Oh, yeah, Monday wow. you start. I started by Monday night. I was in ketosis and Tuesday was the hardest day in which I, I you know, broke and I'll talk about that and then went back on it. Mm -hmm. I uh, was okay from Wednesday morning. But the biggest thing, so carbs didn't actually, that was actually fine. I was surprisingly, um, yeah, uh, great with that. It was salt. Oh, wow. So you were mm. going to do the, um, you had the salt bush leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have sucked on a lot of salt bush and ruby salt bush and uh, it is not the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit yeah. um, in some ways and it's a great replacement if you had to, but um yeah, it's not I know. The same. So, was it the flavour of the salt that was lacking that you were missing, or was it the actual, like, the physical, <coughs> the salt um, that you needed um, within your body? The physical reaction of sodium on the body um, is, I think, you know, obviously athletes and that know from when they expend a lot of energy and they have, you know, mm -hmm. salt replacements, or if you've ever been unwell yeah. and you have your, your power aid and that, because. It's, it's got, got salt in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, by Monday night, I got really sore. Monday, yeah, Monday night, I started getting really sore thighs and I felt, oh, feels like I've been at the gym, but I didn't. I was just riding my bike to work. Yeah. And then Tuesday, by Tuesday night, I was, you know, like pretty much hobbled. I was huddled over crying my but I oh. was like don't cry you can't afford to lose the salt <laughs> um and my legs seized up really badly yeah um and that's when I snapped and I had the and you know I had I was fortunate and privileged enough to be able to order a pizza and be like oh my god I can't so I did I broke on Tuesday night which um which really started making me think about food privilege and the an availability just, sure just the very fact that you know you you weren't forced into the situation it was the situation by choice and you could go oh, i'm just gonna you know mm. yeah, yeah so it really made me kind of call pizza look at that so the, yeah so i did and that sort of helped and then i yeah i think that easing back off salt by wednesday afternoon the yeah thighs were cramped back up again not as bad thursday the thighs were very sore like i was hobbling up and down yeah, the stairs yeah, at work yeah. but today um my body is stabilized okay without the salt and i've actually got a lot more movement back in my legs and i'm, I'm fine now wow that's mm. who would have thought that it was the salt yeah yeah it was just that complete reaction to to lack of salt uh, sodium and potassium yeah um that just started to yeah to break down and so it was it was really interesting like if you shake your legs yeah i could actually feel my my thighs felt weird oh, um, wow. as well it was so it was painful and weird 
um, looking forward to putting some sodium back in the diet, but I think I will stick to maybe maybe just cutting down on how much I, I use. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's something if anybody's going out to some salt lakes um, between now and the next time, you're going to do another one. <laughs> Please get Laurie May some salt um, and yeah. bring it back because you should be able to get salt from the salt lakes around here. Yep. Yeah, I know uh, I know one um, that I can go to, but yep. it's a little bit out of town, obviously. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I think next time I'll definitely do – I'll do it again, but yep. I will definitely get salt. Okay, so before we sort of look at what you're going to do differently next time, mm. let's look at uh, – the first thing is how are you feeling right now? You've just broken your diet with a uh, an icy pole. <laughs> I got you a raspberry icy pole, which I, is really yummy. I did, um, I did. But uh, prior to that, um, you know, work issues aside, how are you feeling physically and within yourself? Physically, it's been a really interesting journey um, – I felt really great on Monday. Mm. I was like, oh, this is good. Um, uh, did feel a little bit, mm, I don't know, kind of slumpy, I think, in the afternoon. Uh, felt a little bit lightheaded, you know, and so that was kind of, yeah, it was fine. I was easily distracted. I couldn't really focus. Um, and then by Tuesday, I was still a little bit unfocused mm. and just feeling a bit scatty. And then Wednesday, I started to, things started to become clear. And I started to feel differently. I was in quite a lot of pain with my legs, but um, mentally I felt on it um, and, you know, focused at work and started thinking a bit quicker. And then by Thursday, I entered... I entered a different zone okay. where I was really manic and I know I was texting you in my mania. I just like... Nah. Um, <clears throat> I started just been it was it was like high it was hypermania I was yeah. really manic really excited really exuberant I think I came up with like seven grant ideas and started like planning new things and I was like I can do this and I can do this and then at one point I remember just thinking I can see through time <laughs> wow that sounds like drugs <laughs> it's no carbs as as the body started to go into ketosis it was just like it was really weird um and then no carbs and no salt uh and yeah it was it was strange today I sort of feel like I not plateaued but definitely stabilized a lot yeah. with my mind as well still having um you know the the, the thoughts and yeah. that but uh, <laughs> and I'm talking really fast I've noticed this week I have been talking so fast um do you think today was better because the end was in sight Oh, I just really feel like I really started to nail the food after the okay, Tuesday night okay, disaster sure. when things went went pear shaped with the food. Yeah, um, I, I started to think, okay, well, that's not realistic to do a pork roast on a Tuesday night on a work night. Okay, we're going to go through the food in a minute, but I just want to say, did you? How did you go at work? Did you find you are able to concentrate at work uh, as well as you normally would have? Uh, less on Monday, Tuesday, the kind of the same on Wednesday, Thursday, I was, I was uh, Thursday and today, it's just been like on fire. Wow. I even like, you know, decorated my office, started moving, started cleaning, but the sweat, I was just pouring out sweat everywhere on Thursday was a sweaty manic day. And did you lose any weight? I did. So I, I weighed myself. As you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want this to be about that because that's not yeah, what it was. It was looking at yeah. talking about food security sure, and wanting yeah. um, to look at that for various reasons. Um, but I did weigh myself at the start and at the end, and mm. I yeah lost six kilos in wow in yeah almost five days. 
There you go. So there's a lot to be said for eating local. I'm sure I'll put it all back <laughs> so as soon as I get home tonight and have like a big bowl of gluten-free pasta and it'll come back on. With lots of salt with parmesan <laughs> so cheese. Salt. Oh my God, don't um, talk to me about cheese. <laughs> I'm just thinking chips, deep fried, deep fried chips with lots of salt. Wouldn't that be the antidote? What was the highlight food-wise of your week? I actually had a few highlights mm. food-wise. Um one of them was, was visiting a friend, visiting my friend Ruby and a peahen, you know, like a female peacock yep. landed in her yard and I was like, there's a peacock in your yard. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, lands over and lays an egg and goes. And I was like, well, can you eat it? And she goes, I think so. So I took home this peahen egg, yeah, which was huge and yeah, I yeah. ate it. And it was, did really it, was it the same as a normal it was egg? it was like eggier. Okay. Like it was, you could tell it was like mm, that's an eggy egg, but yeah. it was a good egg and yeah. it was big. A lot of yolk as well, so I got a really good protein hit. Yeah. Okay, so um, I saw this amazing array of foods you had out when I visited mm. you, which included cucumbers and I think there was capsicum there, <laughs> and you had some greens and I'm just trying to think of the the photo. Did you have eggplants? I did. I have a lot of eggplants, so I grow eggplants, which was good. Um, Yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff in that. Uh, You can uh, see the photo online. I'm pretty sure it's all over the place. So in terms of cooking, like eggplants stuffed with room mince one night you had, that sounded amazing. Yeah, that was actually one of my my favourite dishes was definitely um, the the eggplants. You know the... um, Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's the the imam, the swooning imam. You know, the stuffed. It's usually stuffed with lentils, or you can also do it with oh, okay. beef in the in the baked um, oh, okay. eggplant Bait boat. Pa- yeah. So I did that with kangaroo mince. So I minced some kangaroo, yep. uh, and I fried that up with onions mm-hmm. um, and lots of oh the. Probably the most essential part of this is powdered bush tomatoes. So you get your bush tomatoes, obviously dried, Mm -hmm. grind them up and use them because they flavour everything. Great. And, and (laughs) of course, Rodney's got onions as well at the moment. So That's where I got my onions. Yeah, so onions and garlic. How did you go with oil? Because I I know carbs Mm. were going to be a challenge. And I know oil was also going to be a challenge. And it was someone bringing you some goanna oil. Did that happen? Um... No, my brother's going to bring it in next week, he okay, says. So, so I, I'll keep late. it for yeah, next. Yeah. I use it for a moisturiser. Okay, great. Um, so I don't usually eat it, but uh, it works really well if you mix it with, with coconut and apricot oil oh, wow, okay. on dry skin for winter. So I'll, I'll get some next time. But I ended up uh, rendering off the some of the fat from a um, pork a okay, pig leg sure. that I managed to secure from a friend. I yep. traded some honey for a you know, pig knuckle. A local pig that's a been, local uh, pig. That's grown up here and has ended its life here as well. <laughs> it did, it did. Uh, and so I rendered some of the fat off that and I used the fat, but that wasn't until like uh, that's a Wednesday, good idea, Thursday, like yeah. lard, yeah. So used a little bit of that in the um, in the eggs in the morning, oh. which made it like just so much better because yeah. every morning pretty much I had the same thing, yep. which kale, peppers, capsicum and um and and eggs yeah and did you eat as much as you felt like you could like you didn't limit your quantities no I feel I felt like I generally started to eat less like I noticed uh, you know just having the eggs and kale for breakfast Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually getting hungry for lunch until around two okay which is often what what's said like if you have protein for breakfast it can sort of stave off your hunger yeah definitely and then at two I would sort of get hungry and then I would eat my salad for lunch um Mm -hmm. today I had some some leftover kangaroo 
salad and uh yeah and then in that but then you're hungry again for dinner by 6 30 and the problem is if you don't start cooking or start eating around 6 37 then by 7 30 the the legs start to cramp up and the muscles yeah. start to seize up and uh, it becomes quite painful and you had enough energy to cook because i imagine that a lot of this food would have required quite a lot of preparation as well uh yeah i had enough energy to cook but not do anything else so in the okay. evenings i wasn't as productive as i usually am i usually like to get home from work and you know work mm-hmm. on my own projects or the house or i mean i on the monday night i hung some doors okay. um while going into ketosis and that was very hard and very stressful and yep. i dropped a door on my finger and it was incredibly painful um but it was difficult to do manual labor yeah and because i'm riding as well so i'm riding around yeah, town yeah, yeah, yeah. eating like this and then yeah that's it. and what? olive oil was my other oh olive. yeah so tell us about the olive oil you got some local olives yes i yes my lovely husband i <laughs> made him get up early with me and go and uh pick an olive tree yep uh from somebody from the um, internet and okay, that's it. I've got one on Facebook, you know. And yeah, and then we had to make olive oil, which was also very stressful and time consuming. Yeah. So what's the process of making olive oil like manually or at home? Well, we did a lot of research into it and we thought we were doing it the right way, but yep. like as best we could with what we had, obviously yep. not being experts <laughs> or ever having done it before. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to take my advice. Um, we just like smashed them up. Nico smashed them up with a mallet. Uh, got the seeds out and then um, juiced them with yep. a hand juicer. I don't know the right word for that. A hand juicer, you know. I just call it a bar mix, but they're not all bar mixes, are they? No, yeah, I, I think don't, they're don't called know. a hand blender. Here's a hand blender. It could be a juicer. <laughs> I've always called it the juicer. Um, and then we put it in a, a you know, got the, the cheesecloth in the um, the olive oil or apple, the olive or apple yeah. press and then um, ground it down and, yeah. it, you know, has a little funnel and it... And so was it oil that came out or like olive juice? Uh, It's both. Okay. Yeah, so then you had to like wait for it to settle and then we just like spooned off a little bit of the olive oil. I just used a little bit because it was very bitter. Um, Oh, really? Did it give you a new appreciation for olive oil? Gave me an appreciation for the fact that I can, and like most people, just open a cupboard, grab a (laughs) bottle and be like, mmm, look at that olive oil. (laughs) Tasty. So I think it really, yeah, the whole experience, particularly around oil, made me realise how much effort goes into these things and how... Um, how much sometimes we we don't think about where it yes. came from, you know? Well, we don't think about some of those really um, key ingredients that we just take for granted, which suddenly if you didn't have oil of all things, like there would be a lot of things we couldn't cook. What was the low moment food-wise? What was the thing that you cooked and the, you were like, this just isn't doing it for me? Yeah, the, definitely the, the pork. The, the pork. pork? I'm surprised. I thought it the pork would so be our tough. high. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the fat was good. Appreciated the pork fat that we got off it, but yeah. um, it was tough and mm-hmm. gamey. Taste it tasted to me. It just reminded me of being, you know, a little kid in um, Cape York and yeah. eating wild pig. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, yeah. um, I think maybe because I didn't. I think if yeah, if I did it for like ten hours wrapped in alfoil in fire, it would probably be amazing. Sure. Um, but yeah, it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that. Wasn't that great? great. It was tough. So, so possibly cook it a different way next time. Yeah, well, I slow cooked it in the oven, but yeah. it just um, which would seem reasonable. Should have done yeah. it for if you maybe ten hours because it was quite a tough. Well, I so that's maybe why all those those the hungies and things like that. That's maybe why they're cooked for so long mm. um, with wild boars too. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. It just remind. Yeah, well, it reminded me of 
Yep, reminded me of Cape York. <laughs> um, I saw you. I saw another post that you had, and you um, had a like a latte, and it was mm. um, goat's milk. Mm, yeah, like Rodney's. That was excited. Yeah. No, that was uh, uh, that was goat milk from another friend um, okay. who got it from somebody else in Ilpapa and was uh, Kylie. Oh yes, and, yes, and my my people. my yeah. lovely friend decided to go and forage for some carob pods. Oh and so of course, turned up carob yeah. well here. Yeah. <clears throat> it does. So she turned up to my, my work with a bag of carob pods and a container of um goat's milk and I was like, okay, cool. Um and then I went home and I made the carob so you gotta boil it, um, deseed it and then dry it in the oven and then grind it in the coffee grinder. Uh, so you get a nice powder and yep. then mixed it with the um, the goat's milk. The goat's milk and a bit of honey. Yep. Because carob is actually really bitter. It's not very no, I sweet. Didn't know that. Yeah. I, I found it really like, oh, okay. Mm. I could do with more sweet. So I put a bit of honey in and it actually tasted like caramel. It was just like a hot caramel. Oh wow. It's really nice. So can we go through some of these foods are amazing that you wouldn't think of that you could get here. So you've mm. got certainly now you could get you could make your own olive oil, uh, pork. Mm-hmm. Kangaroo, mm-hmm. eggplant. Camel. I got. Uh, camel. I had a really nice one the first night. I had a piece of camel uh, that came from – I got it from Milner's. They get it from the Western Queensland Desert. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that still counts. Um, and I, I ground up um, bush tomato powder oh, yep. and some of the uh, salt bush and pink peppercorns that I'd harvested – uh, in an earlier year, mm-hmm. and then crusted the and Nico cooked it for me out on the out on the fire because we ran out of gas on Monday. Oh. So I was like, ah, oh, on top of everything. So, um, so thankfully we have a barbecue outside, and so Nico, you know, cooked the camel, and then we sliced up an eggplant from the garden, made a little grilled eggplant stack, and then I got all the herbs I could find, chopped them up with a lot of lemon juice, and had that on top as like a kind of vinaigrette. And then I um, chopped up some uh, dates and a little bit of bush tomato Ooh. powder and made like a date yeah. you know, reduction kind of thing and had that on top of the camel. It was absolutely gorgeous. The wow. flavours mixed together really, yeah. really well. And it yeah, was like, camel and dates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the dates are great. My other favourite thing that I, I got some apricots last year from Kenmore Park. Okay. Um, and I dried them in the sun um under you know a nice piece of cloth so they didn't get any flies on them so that was a really good snack it was wonderful to be able to have that pick me up during the day i don't think i could have survived without the dates and the apricots and i got uh wattle seed from uh, raylene brown from kungas can cook and i uh, processed i've actually got one for you to try i have to grab it yeah i uh, i've got the the dates and the wattle seed and the um uh, carob powder and I made like little bliss balls. Oh, really? Where are they? They're in my bag. Oh, can we try them on air? <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll have to have a little sort of a little a little rest a little in the middle of the show while we try them. Yeah. Have we, got a have we got a track? We do have a track that we could play. This Ooh. is actually the track that I talked about at the beginning, which was called – it's actually from a band called – uh, do you remember that band? Local Knowledge. <laughs> local Knowledge. Yeah, Local Knowledge was uh, one of the, f- the first band of um, Joel Wenatong. So Joel Wenatong uh, and his sister Naomi Wenatong, um, they were in a band called Shikaya. Everyone remembers from the 90s that amazing song, Stop Calling Me. Uh, and, and this was the band that Joel was in before okay. uh, he was in, in – um, with with Shakaya and then and now is uh, has obviously gone on to form the Last Connection, which okay. is a fantastic band. Okay, so um, we're going to listen to Local Knowledge, um, and there and this is the track called Murray Flow, as in 
Murray, as in an Aboriginal person from Queensland, just like you, Laurie May. Yay, me. <laughs> so, mm. Laurie has given me some beautiful apricots here from Kenmore Park. See, I didn't think that they had any apricots last year, so. No, there was not many, but I managed wow. to score a couple um, from somebody. Mm. I have to keep my... My sauces on a lot of these things. Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah, so I just dried them in the uh, in the sun. It says sun dried, mm. um, and then the the bliss ball. It so I just put in some dates, the carob powder, and some wattle seed that I got from Kungas, and um, just blended it up. I actually did that in the coffee grinder because oh. I don't have a little mix master, but a little mixer thing. But yeah, wow, they're amazing. Can we just go through <laughs> that again? So um, dates, dates, car- which were from. Um, I got them from Food for Alice. That mm-hmm. uh, they're not from the date farm. They're from um, just I think there's some some guy at um, Ross Highway that's okay. selling them there. Um, and the carob pods were from Wilshire Street mm-hmm. um, that were foraged, so free. Mm. Um, and the um, wattle seed came from uh, Raylene at Kungas Can Cook. Wow, mm. there's lots of different things happening here. You know, when I <laughs> eat it, like there's this kind of sweetness, and then there's this kind of burnt flavour which is often what would that be from that's the wattle seed that's the wattle seed so it's that's got right. that yeah, kind of that, burnt yeah, coffee yeah taste. burnt caramel coffee taste yeah and then it's sweet and it's quite sweet but it's a different sweetness it's not a sugar sweetness mm, it's just those wonderful dates yeah it's um it's it's quite a different did you have any local honey in this as well i didn't put any honey in it i was going to but then they actually came together really well and i thought well if i put honey in it it's just going to get a bit, a bit yeah. runny a bit sticky and so I, I didn't, uh, I didn't do that. Wow! Very grateful to honey. Yeah. <laughs> Very grateful that I have so much of it. Yeah. Um, With your own bees. Yeah, yeah. So it was really wonderful um, in terms of tea because I was like, I really like herbal teas, and I often drink, you know, you know yep. store-bought herbal teas. So taking that out, so I had the first day, I just took a flask of mint and honey tea. So it was just mint, fresh mint and mm-hmm. honey to work, and that was absolutely gorgeous. I can recommend everyone get on that. That was yeah. stunning. And then I had lemon myrtle, um, lemon myrtle and uh, honey tea, mm-hmm. uh, aniseed myrtle and honey tea um, that I grow in the yard, um, and uh, lemongrass. Mm. Wow, it sounds like really in some ways a fabulous <laughs> week and a fabulous diet. Yeah, um, it was definitely really, yeah, felt good. Yeah. It felt good. But, yeah, not having, yeah, the yeah some of the energy levels in the evening weren't great. Energy levels during the day were off the chain, but yeah. in the evening, it was yeah, a, yeah a, bit, a bit sad. Um. Before we start talking about just the, the, the locavore movement, could you just give us the recipe for that um, eggplant with stuffed, or the stuffed eggplant with kangaroo mints? Yeah, so I uh, just got an eggplant from the garden, chopped it down the the middle, so it was. Uh, sure. So was it a skinny long eggplant or no? A no, one like of the big, a, the big fat ones, ones. The big egg ones, yeah, the Roman yeah. ones, I think they're uh, called. Yeah. I don't know. I just call them the fat ones. Um, and so I got the got the biggest yeah. one and um, put a little bit of the olive oil on the outside of it, and then uh, just cooked them in the oven until they were were done mm-hmm. scooped out the the in the most of the insides of it and put that aside um chopped up some onion and i did actually get there wasn't a lot of garlic around but i managed to get one okay. like one skanky looking mm-hmm. looking clove i actually had some now that i think about it i had oh. a, tar, a few left oh my god i can't believe i didn't That's get right. i got i got one so i had yeah. one garlic clove. i'm usually i'm a big garlic eater yeah. so it was really frustrating so but i saved it for this dish yeah. and so i and and lots of chilies from fresh from my garden yep. uh fried them up 
Um, and I had a little bit of the a little bit of the lard, the pork yep. uh, fat in there. So fried that in that, uh, and then chucked in some camel mince after thank Nico minced it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was you know it was a chunk of yep. kangaroo. Chucked it through the mincer. So kangaroo mince, not camel kangaroo. <laughs> this was kangaroo. Oh yeah. right, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, did that, and then put in a whole lot of bush powdered bush tomato. Okay. Um, and the yeah, and the <laughs> wow. uh, the ruby um, salt bush. Um, and oh, and the pink peppercorns, and then I stuffed and then mixed the 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 I feel like weird the flesh, the flesh of the eggplant back in oh, with the okay. mince, yeah, stuffed that in the eggplant and then baked it back in the oven, yeah. Uh, I in the while I did that, I was rendering down, I don't know if that's the right word, cooking down some uh dates with some chili and some more powdered bush tomato, mm. a little dash of honey, and a little bit of water to make a sauce, and then put that when I with the eggplants were ready. Poured that in on the meat. Mm. Put some oh, the goat's milk. I turned into ricotta. Oh, okay. And so then I put the ricotta on top, oh. and then chopped parsley, oh. more powdered bush tomato, a little bit of lettuce. It was stunning. I would eat that every day. That's amazing. And was that your own recipe? Did you come up with that? Yeah, every everything that was in here, I kind of just made up on the fly. Wow. Yeah, yeah but that's based off the the swooning imam. Um, okay, I'm dish, which obviously is very different. Imam. That's first I've heard of that, but I, I, I see. I could. I had a visual when you say that. As soon as you said that, I imagined a, an eggplant that's kind of swooning in shape with lots yeah. inside it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think there's a story behind it, and I'm not sure what country, so I don't want to yep. get it wrong. But yeah, it was a dish that was so good it made the imam swoon. Ooh. So it has a has a double sort of thing there. But um, definitely the the goat's ricotta was the oh, just amazing. It is beautiful. Mm. I know. I mean, I had Jane on on last week, but I'd been out to her place when she made goat's milk ricotta, and it is so beautiful. It's really soft and almost a lot better than cow's milk ricotta. I think. I definitely agree with yeah. that. It was it was preferable, and you know, you can get goat's milk in yep. Alice Springs. I think if you know, if everyone had a goat, <laughs> yes, we would all have goat's milk, and it would it would be fine. It was perfect. Yeah, um, I, I must say, milking goats is a bit challenging. I don't know if I could do that every morning, but maybe I could cook someone. Some something else and they could milk my goat. Exactly. I think there's a really amazing um, and this is something really beautiful in the art of swapping and I think, yeah. you know, it, it's, yeah, wonderful. I would really like to talk about the – because you were reliant on a, a community of friends um, and then you've also um, – you've had strangers come and offer you food, etc. Mm. Can you talk to me a little bit about, about that, like how much of the food came from friends and what that process was when um, – people just contacted you out of the blue and offered you food yeah i used the alice rings uh, the grow swap share not buy swap sell because that can be a bit of a weird pit um but grow swap share is a really cool place where if you grow something um and you have produce in your garden you can put it up for swapping and people can see what they have mm-hmm. um and so i put it out there that i was doing this and i i thought that i would get a lot more response um in one respect to that um but i was surprised by some of the things that did come in yep. and things that people were growing and offering and so that was really really cool everyone had you know herbs or olives or you know things coming up so people were like oh I've got this in the future so that was really nice yeah Yeah. and I suppose it is to do with the fact that we're in March we've just been through a hot summer so there isn't as much produce as there will be say in three months time Laurie May when you do your um (laughs) your next challenge yeah having said that the eggplants zucchinis and cucumbers like there's so much of that at the moment and we're not going to have that 
in three months. So you're going to have a different kind of variety yeah. of things to eat. And, and that's what I want to do it every three months and see what there is seasonally, what we can do, um, what we have mm-hmm. and how we can live without, you know, sort of, you know, having to bring things in necessarily. Yeah. So let's talk about the the locavore movement. So it's really based on that idea of um, buying locally mm. um, to reduce the what we call the food miles, so that um, which is also the amount of sort of your carbon footprint, so that we're actually not contributing to our current environmental crisis. We're actually, you know, trying to to do things that improve the situation. Mm. So I mean, in Alice Springs, you can grow food as you've done. Did you buy food from Food for Alice? I did. I bought a few things from Food for Alice uh, and I bought the camel from Milner's and the um, kangaroo from the uh, – where did I get the kangaroo? Uh, what's IGA. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> and mm. you defined the area where you were getting food from as the central desert. So that's one of the other things with uh, the locavore movement is to actually define the area that you're going to eat food from. Mm. Um, because, in fact, uh, there is – Almost all that food in the supermarkets are coming to us from Adelaide. Yeah, or you know, I mean, you get your if you want your asparagus and it's not asparagus season, uh, the asparagus in Alice Springs or in Australia comes from Mexico. Oh, I know, and, and it's really important. I always look at where a product comes from, and that's why Premium Pete is quite great because everything he's selling there at Diorama Village is at least um, from, Australian from Adelaide. It's from Adelaide, yeah. um, not locally Alice Springs, but occasionally he will have some local Alice Springs foods in hmm. there as well. Oh, I should have I should have checked that out. Yeah, yeah, like he, I've seen grapes there, but you know, not that many. Um, what are some of the other advantages do you see in, in buying local locally or, or that whole locavore movement? Well, I think it's really important um, to be able to grow our own produce and to be able to meet other growers. And so for me, it's not just about the food miles. It's also about the connection that you have and you create in the community. You know, so you might... Uh, know someone with with goats and next thing you know you know you might be out there milking a goat or yeah buying yeah. half a goat or whatever it is and so it is a, actually a lot about the the connections that we make with people um, and the friendships that come out of that some of the the best friendships that I've made in Alice Springs have been out of like swapping things yeah. and so you know yeah it's and it's a small town it we have the capacity to to eat locally and to to kind of trade in that way um it's just a really fun thing to do for me like i know everyone's got their own things but i just i really love it i love being like what do you have you know and i've got this and and sort of working together like that it's um it's a builds community as well as builds community resilience um do you think the food or the fruit and veg that's grown locally do you think it tastes better than the supermarket food fruit and veg yeah, I mean it's fresh. Like if I want an eggplant, I go outside and I pick an eggplant. If I, you know, if I didn't have that and I wanted an eggplant, I would have to either get in a car or I, you know, I don't mm. have a car, so I get on my bike and ride into town. Uh, you know, go in there, hope they've got an eggplant, pay up to eight dollars or more a kilo um, for an eggplant, which has traveled, which has been grown somewhere else. You don't know the conditions, you don't know what chemicals were used to grow it, mm-hmm. and then you know, put it in your bag and ride it home, and then eat it. It's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, whereas to me, I'm like, I just go in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it has that, and it's everything's so much fresher. I mean. Uh, was it last night? The night before last, a friend just sent me a text going, go and check your mailbox. Oh, wow. You know, and I went out there yeah. and, and my friend Billy had been walking her dog and had dropped off some uh, beautiful little basil, some um, Greek basil and, and capsicums and peppers to get me that's through lovely. for yeah. the week. So it was like, oh, that's really 
that's really sweet. So it has sort of created that and it's not, uh, you know, it's sort of what we try and do all the time, not just in this week, but this week it's mm. like obviously peaked. It's a celebration really <laughs> of, of the, the local um, food movement and, and the yeah. other Springs foods, yeah. yeah. Um, also, do you know, local foods have obviously a lot of them are organic mm. and so in terms of food allergies, you're much less likely to be suffering from food allergies because the... Um, you know, it, the reality is a lot of the foods that we get here from interstate <laughs> have been, you know, in some ways treated. Mm. Um, so you at least know where your food is coming from. Yeah. I mean, having said that, I'm still actually quite allergic to cucumber. Oh. Um, I grow it. So if anyone wants a cucumber, oh, yeah. I've got so many. <laughs> and, you um, didn't eat any cucumbers all week? No. No, no, I have a lot. I was using them as a trade, as oh, a, as to get great. other things. So, even if you, so that's a great <laughs> idea. Which so that even if you're growing things that you actually don't like, mm. maybe you know, in your case, you grow cucumbers well, but you don't like them, so you can trade them. Yeah, I don't know what it is grow. about me. Yeah. I can I just grow I cucumbers. Can't, I can't grow cucumbers. Yeah, I've always wanted to grow pumpkins. Never no, cucumbers. Never. Yeah, I can. I've got yeah. yeah. No worries. Heaps, hundreds a year. Yeah. I seem only capable of growing basil. <laughs> At the moment. Um, oh. There's also the idea of supporting local businesses as mm. well in terms of um, buying locally. So it's not just about sort of putting good food on the table, but it's actually saying, look, this is the place I live. I want to invest in the community that I'm living and I want to strengthen that community. Yeah. Know, rather than all that money sort of going out constantly from Alice Springs. Mm. And I think definitely, uh, you know, with, with Food for Alice, I'm quite quite happy that I can I could put in a little bit there um in particular um Kungas Can Cook um is a wonderful local business to support and be able to get local um yep. bush foods sourced and and I mean Raylene Brown is just a, a wealth of of knowledge on yes. traditional foods and and for me like not being on not being on country that I'm familiar with or where I'm where I'm from it was a it was a bit of a new challenge to eat some of the bush foods that um, I wasn't familiar with. Um, thankfully, the bush tomatoes um, I was able to get from uh, somebody, uh, you know, some the women out okay. in, in Yundamu. Okay, yeah. Uh, because there's, you know, over 200 types of bush tomatoes and like six of them aren't poisonous or something like that. Uh, so I wouldn't know which ones to get. So that was helpful. Um, you know, friend dropping off bush bananas was good um, because so I meant that I had, had that sort of uh, produce available yeah. to me as, as well. Um, obviously coming from uh, far north Queensland, as you know, the Gulf of Carpentaria, uh, and then and then in Queensland and Darwin before that. So I'm used to relying heavily on a locavorian diet that's seafood-based and more tropical fruit-based. Yeah, and quite abundant. Like a lot of those tropical mm. places have got so much sort of, um, you know, fruit just growing. I know when I was up in Maningrida, there were some women, they were plucking magpie geese and then mm. they said, oh, look, there's cashews on the tree and there's bush apples and then there's a, a turtle walking around that was scheduled for someone's meal <laughs> that night. So I was astounded by how much food they're just literally, it was just like dripping everywhere. Whereas the desert, it is harder, a lot harder to to get food but there is food here yeah yeah and i mean the the bush tomato like i said was my saving grace because that um the bush tomato the bush the pink pepper and the salt bush um added a lot of flavor to things that otherwise you know because I, I did eat a lot of vegetarian dishes yeah um in it for lunches every lunch was a salad so i had pork in the pig in two of them which i didn't really eat 
as much as I would have liked of that. Um, and then I had kangaroo in another salad and the other two, one was the, the peacock peahen egg and Ooh, yeah. I love, and I love the sound of the peahen. That was amazing. It was yeah. such a, such a great source of protein um, and so big, but uh, yeah, so it was really good. And like um, one night I made, I think it was the night before last, I had a vegetarian um, pizza and I made the pizza base out of grated zucchini, egg and wattle seed and then like baked it in the oven. Yeah. I got some tomatoes from somebody that may have been pilfered from somebody's oh. yard. Sorry if you're missing a tomato. That was me. Um, I was desperate. Uh, cooked that up with onion and made a pizza sauce. Chopped up that lovely green capsicum from my friend Billy um, with the Greek basil and the um, goat ricotta. Baked it in the oven. I was like, brilliant. Uh, but the base didn't go firm like a pizza base. And so I just folded it over. It was more of a pizza omelette. Okay. Yeah. So you're very innovative as well in the kitchen. Like this must have really made you innovative. And I think I really mm. like that idea that when you've only got a couple of ingredients, you have to be very innovative. Mm. Um, with, with the uh, – we're just going to move this to a funny little mm. sort of direction. I'm just thinking with the whole coronavirus <laughs> panic, um, is there anything do you think you've – you, you've learnt during this week that might inform a potential sort of, you know, if you were quarantined for a couple of weeks at home. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, one of, one of the strangest offers that came in is, well, not strangers, so somebody said, I've got two roosters that are ready for the pot if you want to kill them and, and eat them. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't really have the time to do that. But if I was quarantined or if you were, I mean, I've got chickens. Okay. Uh, that lady has roosters. Um, <laughs> and and you've got access to food. There is always something that you can eat. You kind yep. of don't need to panic by, you know, Domio sauce. You yeah. know, there are, there are options and there are ways of, of eating. Um, and I think this week has really highlighted the idea of food security mm-hmm. uh, and that that we will be okay, just like people were for, you know, people were for hundreds and yep. thousands of, of years is mm. people have survived here and have, have lived here really wonderfully and really well. Yeah. And one of the, the uh, you know, after, because of colonisation mm-hmm. and industrial revolution and transportation and the increasing globalisation of uh, distribution is that we've become dependent on a lot of food and the and and food privilege um, yeah. that I talked about earlier, uh, in order to eat, in order to survive, and so we think we need those things. We do. Um, well, you have a recipe that needs X ingredient. You go, oh, I don't have it here. I'll just go down to IGA instead of going. Well, actually, yeah, I can use something else, or I can replace that with something. Mm. Um, and that often comes just from from needs. Normally, you know, mm. if you didn't like, if you've lived out bush for a while, you know, you just start to be a really innovative cook because you just can't get that ricotta so so you learn how to make ricotta you know Mm. and there's a lot of things like that that you can actually learn how to make you just don't you know ricotta doesn't come you know in a tub it does come in a tub but you actually make it from milk and it's not that hard it's just milk and lemon juice that was all it is just milk to a certain temperature 88 degrees uh, for the goat and then which is less for dairy if you're doing it uh, if you're playing at home, Google it yourself, and then put in some lemon juice, let it sit, and strain it through the uh, the cloth. It was great. Yeah, it's um, really lovely. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's taught me a lot about um, yeah about being more uh, non reliant on on the shops as well, like not having to go to the store all week was really good. Um, in a lot of ways, in some ways, it was frustrating. Mm. Um, I can see. 
I can't really see my life without salt and pepper. Um, no, but I think we I think we're going to get you salt next time. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna, true. I'm I think we need to make sure you've got salt next time. Yeah, and I you know I'm really glad that I have things like honey, and I hope that if we were in a in a in a territory wider in a Alice Springs um, lockdown, you know, is that we would be able to trade. I mean, look, it's you know, be yep. great socialism, you know. Um, Absolutely. You know, have, have little uh, our own little economy. And we have the capacity to have our own little food economy. Yeah. Uh, I know there's wonderful, you know, organisations like Arid Lands Environment Centre with the with Food for Alice and there's the Community Gardens yeah. and there's... Um, the Facebook uh, page. Yeah, fa- yeah, yeah, and there's Rodney's wonderful um, farm, yeah. um, Happy Farmer out there. So there are people doing this. This isn't... It's not new or innovative, but I really wanted to see if I could live solely and exclusively and how I could live solely and exclusively on locally Local. sourced produce. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. Now so I don't I need to do it again. Well, you don't need to, are you going to do it again in three months? That was your original intention yeah. was to yeah. do it. Yeah. You are going to do it? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it every season. I'm really looking forward to winter because I think cauliflower is sure. season. I'm yeah. just going to go hardcore keto, cauliflower and You're eggs. You're thinking of growing some grain, <laughs> like some buckwheat or something yeah. like that? Yep. We're looking at renovating our yard um, and and as we do, we eventually get time to, to sort of plant stuff and look at that. And we're going to look at what we can grow. I think a big one is lentils. I know that you can grow lentils really well in Alice Springs. Okay. I, I went out, yeah, yeah, I went out to the Steiner School and I talked to um, people out there um, and I know they, they grow, oh, this is for their own use. You can't yeah. get it from them, yeah. I don't think. Um, but they, they grow wheat. Yep, they do. Uh, and some other, and sorghum. Barley. And there's, yeah. there's all kinds of things that you can do and you can grow yeah. um, here and, and, you know, live and be happy. And obviously we all know about you know, citrus season and yeah. we have all these seasons but it's yeah. adapting your uh, yourself um, to eating seasonally. Yeah, and also I suppose doing some research and finding out about, you know, what I know the issues with the wheat and the grain out, out at Stye School, the birds, you know, so they have to oh. just, yeah, they have to sort of um, put big nets around them because the parrots eat all the seeds. So, mm. But there's a way around that and, and, and you know, do your research and find out how to make sure you can actually reap the benefits of of your your gardening yeah i'm definitely going to do that i'm also going to plant potatoes because if i i I did yeah i kind of would love a potato i'm going to plant potatoes for next time garlic has already gone in the ground uh turmeric um and ginger and so i'm going to be able to add these things into the diet for next time hopefully in three months time so we're looking Mm. at about what do we think are we are we mid-june or Mid-July. Oh, definitely mid-June. I'm not doing it in July. Um, no, it's my birthday. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that on my birthday. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I definitely will will do it again. I reckon it's just going to be interesting to see what I can get and what I can do. Mm. Um, I am going to put all the photos on my social media. Fantastic. I'm going to do, like, each day yep. um, and talk about that and um, hopefully – get i'm gonna i've I've, I've been writing a food diary and writing it all down and hopefully get it published somewhere yeah no that would be fantastic i think Mm. there's a lot to learn from that and i think we can all start thinking about you know how would we go um just eating locally for one whole week yep bring on a quarantine (laughs) (laughs) well thanks laura may i think we're possibly just 
hour. I think we've, we, we, we're not going to get that song in. Oh, 5.59. I know. That's perfect timing. Um, you've been listening to Kitchen Radio on 8CCC 102.1 FM in Alice Springs and <laughs> I was going to say and Laurie May and Tanner Creek. I've been talking to Laurie May. Who's My own town. <laughs> <laughs> who's just um, had a whole week of eating only local produce. Um, could I remind listeners out there that um, membership of 8CCC is only $1 a week. So it's pretty cheap and you get a lot back. You get to listen to me and to Laurie May. And there's also discounts. Some of the advantages are discounts at the 8CCC Cafe um, and if you're a sponsor as well. Please support the station. That supports you, the community out there. Um, we've now got a new text line, 0410-218-333. I don't know how to use it, but maybe one week I'll work that out and you can text me during the show. So thanks, Laurie May, and that's it for this week. And please stay tuned for uh, Kitchen Radio next yeah. week. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think it'll be great. Okay, signing off.